You're listening to Red Nation Online. Sunday, September 21st, it's Steve Perry, the Gaffer and Hooligans, Kamal Hilton, and I'm Ian Clark, and the Topes win. Yes, TFC defeat Chivas USA 3-0 in a battle of losing team folds. Thankfully, Toronto lives another day in every supporter's favorite message of, we're mathematically still in the playoff hunt. We discuss what this result means against a team as poor as Chivas USA, if Jermaine Defoe will actually come back, and what playing against real opposition in the last six games will mean for the Reds. All this and more in the next 35 minutes on East Side Stand Up. Camo numbers on the back of the kits. You know, it really worked well. I couldn't tell who was who. <laughs> There's no no, really. I mean, at the beginning, I couldn't tell the numbers. I was like, what yeah. numbers? Even from the press box, you couldn't really, like, I had to rely on the TV. I, mean, I had to rely on like, shoes. I'd hate to be calling this game right now. Yeah, you only had to be like, you know that Jackson wears white white cleats. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Bradley's the bald guy. That's pretty much what you're starting off with anyways. We're back, guys, from BMO Field. Can't Armed Force, Canadian Armed Forces Day. 3 0 win over. Where they, where they dropped the flag at the beginning. I don't know if you noticed that. No, I didn't. The big Canadian flag hit the ground. It's that's a big no no, isn't it? It's going to be one hell of a bonfire. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. And uh, Chivas USA. This is a real uh, measuring stick to see where this team is at down the most important stretch of the season. He says facetiously. Yes, very much so. I don't know, is there anything that we can, off the top, before we get into this game, what can we take away from a 3-0 win over Chivas USA? I kept a clean sheet, and you had Caldwell back from injury, right? So positive. I know you're clutching at straws, but... No, it's true. Caldwell's back, and uh, and Bradley's still playing deep. It's kind of odd. <laughs> yeah, we noticed that off the hop. Uh, we thought that was a bit strange, that Greg Vanny sort of, when he came in, preached that he'd change the style of play and they'd be moving forward and forward, and we saw a game or two where Bradley wasn't playing like that and now all of a sudden he's back into that sort of that sweeper role yeah. it was kind of I don't know we, we noticed it in a, well, know, I, I thought like the you know Caldwell was the back end of that spine so that now with Caldwell back Bradley could push up but he hasn't he's maybe playing. they're just not confident in it yet with him with the Caldwell mm-hmm. just coming back maybe they need to build up a chemistry first I, I did notice that there was a lot of passing going on and it was good passing um, it seemed like uh, they would they were doing soft passes, almost uh, to Shiva's players, and then a TFC player would s- sort of come out, out from behind the player. Uh, it was there was a lot of passing going on. Maybe they've been practicing their passing. I don't know. The passing seemed to be they seem to be making a lot of completion, pass completion. Yeah. But you know, you guys are all talking about Shiva's being a shit team, so it probably doesn't say much yet. I mean, we'll see what this, uh, how this works next week against Portland because that'll be a totally different game. Yeah. I think obvi- I'm sure we're all everyone's thinking that that it's like it's well it's great that we got these three points because at least keeps us 
in the periphery and it sort of keeps things where they are. But next weekend, I'm sure we're all looking to Portland as like a team that's going to come here because they're on the bubble of the playoffs too. They need that result. And they're going to come a little bit more hungry than a team that has won, hasn't won in 10 games. And Chivas USA had been on a streak. I think it was nine losses out of 10 yeah. and, one, and one draw in there. And in their last five games, they'd only scored in one of those games. So now in their last six games, they've only scored in one of those games. They've been shut out five of their last six games, I think. Yeah, they, they conceded 15 goals in that whole run. So you should have expected Toronto to score the goals they did. But, I mean, overall, it's a positive to get a clean sheet and to get a win. And it's all stuff. It's tough to say baby steps because you're, you're trying to make the playoffs and this is not the time to be taking baby steps. But... Given where the club has been and all the stuff has gone through over the past few weeks, it's a good, positive step forward. Yeah, and I think I think this score, I think anything lower than this scoreline probably would have. I mean, we can at least walk away from this game and say, yeah. I was happy they scored. Yeah. I mean, I got to be honest, I didn't expect anything out of this game, so I'm happy that they scored. And you know, because we haven't seen that from them. Here at home. Consistently, anyways. Nothing. I think well, I think in the last little bit. Well, people were saying, what are the last times they scored three goals at home? And I think there's only two I games. I we were one up. Yeah. And then we went two up, and then we went three up. Now, the last 15 minutes, the collapse was kind of like, it's just like, you know, a bit of a nail-biter going, oh, man, we, we're, we're going to lose this again. Yeah. You know? But generally... It was sixty. It was like I guess seventy-five minutes of good football. Yeah, and this is our first home win in over two months. Wow! The yeah. last time Toronto FC won, I think, was the four-two one against Houston, and that goes back. That goes back to July, if I'm not mistaken. I'm glad you can remember that far. The rest of the since then. Because I haven't. I don't remember when we lost. Yeah, if you but if you asked me to like details of the last three or four home games, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Like the Kansas City game, the That's DC game. Yeah, the New England game. I mean, they all just seem the same to me. So at least we can look at this one and say, yeah, this, there was goals scored and it was all by Toronto, and we might as well run through them, eh? But but yeah, sure. But as to whether it was uh, you know something that will be something uh, going forward feature of the team. It's hard to say, and you know we were expecting Defoe to be back. He was promised he would be back uh, uh, tomorrow. Yesterday, I think he was supposed to be back. Uh, apparently, he's going to be back for next week's game. Uh, he's also tweeted that he's not coming back. But I think the ongoing saga of Defoe is like similar to the Franks. You know, our good players at the end of the season basically had enough. I think. That's another positive, though, that you can take out of this game. Like we scored goals without, without Defoe. Jermaine Defoe. Yeah. And it's Gilberto it's that's, that's really playing well after. Last time I was on here, which is like towards the beginning of the season, he was whatever. Everybody was making fun of him, myself included. Yeah, I yeah. voted him on my podcast as the worst signing of the first half of the season. And right when I said it, he started scoring all these goals. <laughs> Say it again. Maybe that was the motivation. <laughs> Say it again. Maybe that Say it's the, the worst signing in the second half of the season, and maybe you can take us through to the playoffs, Kamal. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I have magic powers. <laughs> well, you know what? That's it. Just to tie this all together, at the start of the game, South End had a nice two-stick up there that said Judas on it, with I think it was Defoe. So that was, I think, a, oh, that's, I a, that. that's something I think that's obviously rippling through support that uh, maybe not the number one, number one fan or the number one... Uh, player the on the team. bloody big deal has become the bloody big disappointment. Yeah. But even if he's to come back, do you think that's the best way of trying to 
bring him back, calling what? him a Judas. Oh, he, uh, yeah, I but I don't think he's coming back. I don't think people are expecting him to come back. I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think he should be held accountable for the things that he said and the, and the things that he's done. And it sounds like he, if we're supposed to, if we were to believe the articles that have been published, him saying things like, when Nelson gets fired, you know, if you're gone, I'm gone. And a uh, player that is supposed to be our key player, you know, I'm pretty sure you can recover from a groin injury or a hamstring injury here in Toronto. And when your team's pushing through the most important part of the season, I think you would expect who's supposed to be your marquee player would be there. And he's not. He's fucked off back to England. Yeah, that's true. And, if it's, and I don't think it's a stretch for us to say he, he fucked off back to England because he's trying to get the hell out of here. So, you know, if he's going to come back, then he's going to feel, he's gonna have to face the heat. And depending on how he conducts himself and how the season winds out, then maybe that'll change. Who knows, right? Like, Well, you also heard there was Lightwicky did some talk at Ryerson. Yeah. And what did he say about Jermaine Defoe at that? Oh, he pretty much said, what was, I think he said something to the effect of like, either you're either with us or get the hell out of the way. And he, and he kind of alluded to, to David Beckham on how, when how? Beckham came, he told him this league was going to be shit, but it's like, you're going to have to suck it up and deal with it. And he said he did. He said he was a professional about it and Defoe didn't, doesn't have that same understanding or, or uh, I guess he doesn't, he doesn't uh, approach this, this league that way. In, in not as so many words, I got the impression like Wiki was kind of saying like he... Defoe's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe it's for the best that he's in England then. Yeah. <laughs> if, the way this discussion's going right now, yeah, it probably is. And I would, if he comes back, I would love to see what like Molinaro or Larson or Christian Jack or any of those guys would have to say to him after that game if he comes back and plays next weekend. I'd be I'd be really, really interested to see how the, our media in Toronto handles him and the kind of pointed questions they put to him because I think I think they should be. And I'd be really interested to see how, how he would answer things like that. Yeah, if he's available. That, that's another true one. But I think, you know, him being gone, where they get back to the game, him being oh, yeah, gone yeah. opened up uh, opportunity for a guy like Gilberto. And that flick that he did to set up Jackson for that first goal, yeah. that was pretty. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. And that's there we go. Thank you, Kamal, for bringing us into the game. I think that's important. And even though it wasn't, uh, you know, a clean strike on goal, that opener is something that uh, at this point, you know, we took it. And although I wouldn't say this, the our section wasn't in raptures, but I think everyone was just sort of did, they kind of did a mix between some people were standing and some were just giving like a nice golf clap. They're like, yes, we scored. I'm glad we scored. Even at the one and a half minute, he had a chance. There was like ch- he had loads of chances. He was, you know, he was. Look, I, I've never seen him score a goal. I, this is the first time I saw him score today. Oh, at home, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, he can score. Yeah, he's to like me. He was like the Chad Barrett disappointment. I'm sorry, but like, <coughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway, not until today's game. The first half. I mean, if we look through, there's not too much. Like, I don't want to break down every every single minute, but I mean, there was lots of chances. Even Luke Moore had like a decent game today. You could yeah, say. He hit I the mean, post. <laughs> he hit the woodwork. Yeah, the crossbar. Yeah, one off the crossbar. Yeah. And then the goal that he finished is that—that's the one, right? You're saying that Gibraltar. Oh no, sorry, Gibraltar flicked on the Jackson, but it was Haglin headed it back to Moore off a set piece, which is also something we've talked about, Steve. Yeah. This team has been really. It's the first time we scored on a set piece, regardless that we had three tries at it in in that last two minutes of the first half. Yeah. I guess the third the third chance is the the charm, right? Yeah, and considering that seems to be our our weakness, we we're the team that can't handle 
uh, dealing with set pieces. You know, it was nice to but see. But I did write that down. That's the first set piece goal I've seen. There's only been a couple this year. <laughs> the only other one I can think of is uh, Henry scored that goal against Columbus. Scored the winner off the top of my head. That's the only one I can think of. Well, I just think that we outplayed the team. Uh, I think we outplayed Chivas. I, I was looking at all the chances that we had, and I felt like we had like like five great solid chances on goal aside from the goals. So eight, I guess, if you were to sum it all up. And uh, outside of the last 15 minutes, I felt like Chivas had maybe two good chances. Uh, you know, but the last 15 minutes, we saw three chances come at us where they were sort of goal-scoring chances. And I felt, you know, this is ours to lose. It was mostly a game that was ours in hand, I think. What I liked about... I didn't expect it either. What I liked about the first half was after Toronto scored the goal... We didn't give they up. They pushed. They actually pushed. For, I didn't... First for a second. I didn't really see that when Nelson was coach. And that's one of the things I'd always get on him about. Like, even when you score that's a goal true. or... He would usually not push when you're down a goal. He would never do it, but he would never do it regardless. But that's the one thing I can say about Vanny out of this one game is that he Doesn't pushed sense. the team forward. Yeah. And I think that forced Chivas into fouling a lot. And in the first half, they committed like 10 fouls. That You can tell that, you, that put them off their game. Yeah. So that's what I, the main overriding thing I took from that first half. It's only like one card given out, I think. Well, there was the one in the second half. The, the no, but I mean the first half. Oh, yeah, thinking, yeah. Uh, I mean, Gamal's talking about the first half. Sure. Thinking, you know, I think there was only one yellow in the first half. Yeah, so it's right? No, no, so, like he, they fouled Asario, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They fouled him three times. Yeah, like coming the, through the middle. They kept doing that over and over. It was three times, and it was finally the ref was forced to give the card because it was the third time in a row, and it had happened like within the five-minute period. It was like, is, are they just trying to take out his legs, break him? What, you know, just felt like Osari oh, had like sort of like the uh, like a you know a mark on him. Get him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then if we going into the second half, of course we that we've already mentioned it. We've kind of talked about him already, but. And, and again, off a set piece, right? The corner kick that gets slotted through and every it seems to go by everyone. And then Gilberto's just sitting there waiting and just slots it home yeah. to kind of like put down that one more insurance goal. And I think that's the interesting thing I think we can mention. If we look at who's, who scored these goals today, especially two of them, Luke Moore had two chances on goal and Gilberto scores a third. I wonder now, because there was a point not long ago where a lot of these guys, and Defoe included, may have been gone. Right, they were all kind of sounded like they were on the on the block to be sold. Whether it was Defoe, obviously for 11, 11 million to Queens Park Rangers, there was been rumors that Gilberto was wanted by Club America for four and a half, I think it was, and then Burnley was looking for Luke Moore. I don't know if there's any too much love here for Jermaine Defoe, but is there any room do you think going forward to keep Moore or Gilberto? I'd I'd keep I'd more lean towards keeping Gilberto than Luke Moore. I think. You could get a decent amount from Luke Moore on like a lower level English team that is like in need of a striker like that and tends to go for English strikers like that. But I would I would want to see if Gilberto could add even more to his game than the energy that he brings. We saw that he can actually he has like nice feet, nice touch for a guy that big. And if he can continue to score goals, 
I would like to at least see him for another season. Because I don't want to sell him once he gets comfortable with MLS, we sell him. That just seems like... A waste. Yeah. Well, I have to agree with you that I'd like to see some consistency between season to season. But uh, there's this article I read in The Guardian a few years back about like the basically how football works in terms of the international player trade is, you know, uh, everybody's up for offer. And it seems like that's where you get your collateral. And the way that this club operates, at least in the past, has been to just uh, turn it out. Like every season, is there's new players on offer. When you've got a new coach, they're probably trying to cycle through uh, the past coaches, uh, you know, what he, the grandfather to him, and get the players that he wants. So Vanny's probably going to be looking for different players out of what he's got. I mean, he's obviously working with what he has now, but I'm sure he'll be bugging Bezbachenko to get different players, right? So I worry that maybe these guys are gone. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I, you know, I may not, Gilberto hasn't given us the best except for today. I'm thinking uh, there's no way that we're going to build stability because that's the way that football operates in this modern day, right? Ultimately, players are all, if there's somebody up for offer, if somebody wants somebody, they're all up for offer. Ultimately, it depends on how much he's making, right? That'll dictate whether he goes or not, whether he, if he's good or bad or whatever. But if they can get four and a half million for a guy who's, what is he making, a million? Yeah, well, he's it, probably gone, right? It's true. Well, I mean, yeah, but we don't get to keep that money, right? The league takes a huge chunk of that. Oh yeah. So because he's on a league, he's on a league contract with the league first and through to us. The only thing I but would it'll say it'll work is, in Vanny's favor to try and find some players that he wants, right? Yeah, but I, th- I would be surprised. Like, the only thing I would say is that I think it. Yeah, I kind of agree. I would be. I think it would be worth giving him one more season and trying to find the pieces to go around him that would make him better. Because I don't think. I think it's like Toronto brings in players and kind of sticks them into their system instead of finding instead of playing them to their strengths. And I don't think we've seen Gilberto play to his strengths very often, which is which would be like finding some creative attacking width. You know, guys that can cut in from angles, and and we, you know, we have to an extent. I guess we have Jackson and Oduro, but I don't think they're consistent enough to to be real, to be a real problem for ninety minutes for Seems a team. Like it's one or the other, but it would be great to see them both play. Yeah, Gilberto, right? Because that's where, to me, that's what I remember him be doing well in Portuguesa was that he had these. You know, he was it was like a four-five-one with players that could come in from out wide. And then they would sort of suck the defenders out, or they would be able to create opportunities that he would be then poaching in the eight, you know, eighteen or six-yard box to score those goals. And we don't have that. We don't have that approach at all. So it's it, this season's been, I think, just a massive adjustment for him, not just in terms of coming from Brazil to Canada, but also in terms of the tactical approach that Ryan Nelson <laughs> was playing, which is like not really beautiful football. Yeah, I think he he can. Ultimately, it depends on the style of play that Vanny. I don't know what that is. I don't think anybody knows what that is yet. No, I don't think so either. So I say you give Gilberto a preseason, you give Vanny the preseason to kind of build what he wants. Maybe he's not what Vanny wants. I don't know. But if we're judging just off of what he's done, I give him another season. See what he can do. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would actually. I would be pretty surprised because his, it seems like his technique is pretty apparent. 
and he puts out I mean he puts out the efforts out there I just don't know if we've given him everything he needs I mean obviously he's had lots of chances in the first half of the season or most of the season to have chances on goal but I think well we've given Defoe that right I don't think we've given him that he's sort of been the number nine feeding Defoe yeah so we haven't really given him a chance and we don't know what he's capable of you know in a number nine spot yeah, I, really saw, get all those chances. I saw an interesting. Right? And I saw an interesting tweet. I don't know if you saw it too, Kamal. That was like they listed something like someone listed four or five of Toronto's like last attacking players and how they're doing this year. It was like Plata and Yuruti, Barrett, and someone else. And combined, they had they like doing great. Like Plata's having an amazing season. Yuruti's having a good season. Chad Barrett's even having a decent season. All these guys are like scoring goals for their teams and. You know, of course, Toronto's Toronto's gut instinct. I guess, of course, Steve, like you said, is because we bring in a new coach all the time that he wants to bring, he wants his guys. So he'll shed these these guys away at shed, and then they'll go off and score for someone else. So you're saying that's not a coincidence? <laughs> yeah, we've never really built around the players we've got. No, we build around the coach. Yeah, and even that's in quotes. You know what I mean? Like builds, like yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's kind of like a. For a city that has so much construction, we think we know. Yeah, how to build. it's like a shanty club. I would call it a shanty club, maybe <laughs> instead of like, you know, something made out of like a foundation that hasn't actually been laid yet. It seems like the metaphor that you pick up. We got the most amount of cranes in the sky. That's progress. Oh, don't get me started. That's not. That's not. Uh, I'm not. I know, but started. I well, yeah. It won't take me. It won't take me. It won't take as much these days. Uh, and then you know, we so we went through that second goal there. Or the third goal by Gilberto. And I don't know, he was closer on your side. Did you see this red card? Yeah. And what went down? It was tackle. That was Jackson's right card. Who tackled who? I forget who tackled who. I th- it looked like it was real Coker on Jackson. Okay, so they tackled each other. Basically, they tackled each other. I thought real Coker pushed him first. Well, and then uh, he, uh, and they then Jackson were jawing with one another. Rio Coker pushed Jackson. Jackson, they or Jackson kicked Rio Coker. He kicked him. Yeah, he kicked him. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> he, they were sitting, both sitting on their bum, and he kind of gave him a kick and then a shove and then shove, and then everybody came in. Yeah. So this deserved red card for both, I think. Yeah, he's. Uh, and you were also saying that Joe Bradley was having worse with Caldwell at the end of the game. No, Bradley. Bradley was having worse. Yeah, I don't know if anyone so else going anyone, anyone picked that up. They were ha- well. There was a play. I don't know if you saw this in the right towards the end stretch where it was a dead ball, and everyone's kind of standing around not paying attention, and Bradley just basically kicked it to the Chivas team, the Chivas guy. So he kicks it up, and no one's looking, and it goes right to Chivas, and they get possession back. And when the play ends, Caldwell just gave him an earful. And then, and then, of course, Bradley just gives it right back to him, and they were just jawing each other for the last three minutes, good. right at the end. That's not good. No, I think it is good. I disagree. Maybe. I think you want to see that kind of passion from two guys who are supposed to be your leaders, and I'm fine if they're doing if they're willing to do it to each other. You know, they could do it to the rest of the team. As long as it doesn't destroy chemistry. I mean, if they're physically fighting with one another, that's the problem. <laughs> like DeVaio? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was in, what was the other, the other thing was in the 80th minute, uh, another sellout. Another sellout, PMO Field, guys. What, what, do you, what do we have to say about that? You know, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the um, uh, up at the stands, and it, I mean, that's the picture of the 50-50 draw. Half the seats are empty, man. <laughs> Yeah, 50, 50% of people aren't here and 50% are, are. Yeah, that's Stay exactly home. what it is. Staying at home. Well, I didn't think... 
let's be honest. I mean, it's to the state of these recent results, and then it's a Sunday afternoon game. Yeah, I don't know. New what... announcer. That was bizarre. Rachel's back. That was a disappointment. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I've, I had the misfortune of watching her 6-60 six and 60 before this game, she which I really I don't recommend anyone watching. She does that? They're pointless. It's like it's six points before the game, and like it's like, what's the weather going to be like? Just the dumbest shit, and it's just, oh, it's so awful. Although weather was a factor going into this game, because we thought it was going to storm, right? Yeah. But it didn't? No, it, turned in, it was a beautiful afternoon. Yeah. I think that's maybe why the 50% of those people stayed home. Yeah, they thought there was expecting, something better to do. Expecting lightning. Than to watch Toronto FC and Chivas USA in a, in a thunderstorm. But if we look ahead, we already mentioned it, we have... Here's the, yeah, here's, I mean, this is the tough thing when you look at how this, the way this season's going to round out, guys. I mean, okay, we beat Chivas well, USA. Well, you said we're in seventh spot now, right? It looks, yeah, thereabouts. So we're, are we out of playoff contention now? We are. We're fighting with Philadelphia and Columbus, and I think New York is, is in there as well. For what? For the last, for the, the basement? fifth. Yeah, the fifth place. Yeah, the, well, the wild card spot. Is it possible for us to get to seventh, <coughs> or fifth? It is. So we're not out yet. No, but if we look at our schedule coming up. But next week we'll be out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got we got Portland coming up, and then we're going away to LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we're, then we're hosting Houston. Is that right? I thought we were away to Houston. It looks like we're hosting Houston. Oh yeah, it's a weekday game. We're hosting Houston. Then we're That's away the to New York. Game in hand we have. Yeah, I think that might be the game in hand. And then we finish off the season. There's a game we have Montreal. At the end, yeah. Yeah, and then New England, away to New England. So guys, that's a horrible. Run. I mean, it, it the, could be worse, but yeah, it's bad because they're saying. I think they said the magic, the sort of the magic number is forty-five to forty-eight points somewhere in there. So that means we got to win. We got to win three of those games. We got to win four of those games, or tie, win three and tie one. I say you have to hope that you have to hope that New England's locked up their playoff spot so they don't play all their guys. Montreal doesn't care or they're in the, their Champions League run so that they don't play all their guys. That's what you have to hope for, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That priority shift and someone shits the bed. That's kind of what we're left with in these final weeks of the season. And then, of course, I mean, I guess there's other <laughs> factors that play into this. Obviously, like we mentioned already, if, I mean, if the foe comes back, that might factor into this. Nobody knows. And... Uh, and then we have so six games left, six games left to make this all happen. And I don't know if you guys saw before the game too. That was another sort of sights and sound was the video put out by Michael Bradley. I didn't see it. No so one saw it, talk, but people were talking about it. It was a bit. I mean, I, did you find that the more this team is shitting the bed, the more they ratchet up, yeah. like the marketing side? Yeah, but that makes sense. I mean, that's damage control marketing, right? So the worse it gets, the more you want to do a counterspin on that, on what's awful, right? Yeah. So you just want to give the other side of the story They're you want to give getting... like a cheerleading side right and especially when you're getting down to you know the season tickets deadline yeah you're was... trying to sell tickets right i was just about to mention that they're getting ready for a season ticket drive oh man and they're expanding the stadium at the, the pictures of that i was like geez how are they going to fill this uh, up people were showing those pictures tonight too the, the lady behind me had a a copy of like the picture that appeared in one of the papers and people were like sharing them on like their mobile devices, like going, "Oh yeah, this is well, this is what I've seen. Well, this is what I've seen." And like, where are we going to be sitting? Where's our seats going to be? Is it going to be above the box on this side or below the box? Like that, it, there was lots of discussion about that today. Anyway, certainly uh, on people's minds, right? Yeah, 
You know, the one thing I'll say about Bradley though is at least I didn't. They said down also the, the North End was going to be like on wheels. Is that right? Well, I think the two if, if the Argos are in there, the two the two end zones we'll right be will be mobile adjustable. Yeah, for an end zone. Yeah, but I was going to say, Steve, at least uh, with that Michael Bradley video, at least I didn't put him down at the well, Go Station. Yeah. Okay. So it uh, is better than Springs. Yeah. So what was the video like? Oh, it was him, the kind of like all, was, was all serious. Okay, so I heard this. Uh, I heard this press conference that they made Bradley give. Uh, I guess the week that Lywicki announced that he was leaving, and no, it was the week that Nelson was, was fired. And so the next day, Bradley was on in a press conference saying, "I'm here to stay," you know, because there was all those rumors about Defoe not coming back at that point too. So this this Defoe thing has been going on for weeks now. Uh, the speculation about what's happening with him. And, I, and so they brought Bradley in to give confidence to everybody, right? And it was it the same? Is it Bradley? It was similar. I'm here to stay. Well, it was no. It was him being all serious, being like, "We got seven games left. Bring your banners. Bring your flags. Bring whatever. Like we need you." And then they're showing all these highlights, like these crazy clips. And I'm just like, "Wow, they really must have been digging to find all this, these highlights of this past season." Because if, it's one of those things where it's like, if you again hadn't been watching this team like we have. You would have, you might have been. You, it's believable that this is like a great club, and like something big is about to happen. But I think we're obviously a little more cynical, and have actually watched this team this year yeah, and realized well, it that it's, the exact it's smoke and like mirrors. Everything is about. And to it's like come as much down. as I would love to bring a flag, well, where we said we'd get kicked out, and even it sounds like these days, if you bring a flag in the south end, you might get punched in the face. So. You know, there's there's a lot of things that uh, whenever I see those Although stuff. the Kings of the North were cheering for most of the game. They were, uh, they were, I they would were say, they were boys. rowdy. They were bouncing up. We could hear them. Yeah. They were doing their little dances and jumping up and down, and they had a nice flag. Yeah, it was only half a section, but they were, no, they were, there was volume to that section in terms of you know sound. It was good. Yeah. I, I have to say, you know, as much as it's I, probably the last time they'll be able to do that this season. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, like I don't know what do we got next. Well, we got a couple games. <laughs> it looks, it feels dire. Yeah, I'm sorry, but it feels dire. Like you know, I'm, we're in this, we're in this at this point where everything's coming undone, and it's just like we're just watching the train wreck. Well, if, let's you know what if I can maybe I'll try it on a positive spin, guys, to finish this off. Sure. We got Montreal at home. That should be three points. It should. Houston at home should be it three might points. Be. And even Portland. <laughs> That's what are you fucking kidding? <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to like with a straight face say that should be three points, but I'm I, I think that'll be a draw. So a, Toronto's a draw. We're, gonna to, we're gonna have to win on. The, we're not gonna. I'm, be, I'm trying to be positive, man. We're not Come on, get any fucking points out of Portland. I could see I could see Montreal. I could see Houston, <laughs> and if New England was to lock up their playoff spot. Oh yeah, the they play. Of, yeah, yeah, they probably they can, like. If you let the Sistema work for it. We don't have the L system out here. That's if we're gonna be positive. Come on, Steve. We don't. The mafia, Can we not? The Can mafia not? doesn't control the fucking league here. <laughs> the L system doesn't. Yeah, they don't want. They don't want us in the playoffs. You can't See, buy a fucking game off New England. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> we'll wind this down. We'll try to keep it. We'll try to next weekend. This is when it's gonna be really laid out for us. I think that's probably the way to look at it. We'll know. After we play Portland, I think what this team's got and what they're going to do down the final five games after the sixth one of the season. So uh, we wrap, wind this out. Kamal Hilton. Yep. Got lots of stuff going on, man. Yeah, man. Where to start? Where to start? Well, you guys can start with uh, 
my Twitter, at Kamal Hilton, and the podcast, Gaffer and Hooligan, with myself and Aaron Nielsen. Uh, we have, we should have one coming out this week. Not too sure what it's going to be on yet. <laughs> Straight from the construction site. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be on yet. We don't really want to talk about MLS too much, like in-game stuff. Kind of gets boring. So we try and find other things to chat about. How about that new logo? I like it, except for the white space. The thing that's noticeable that everybody talks about from a Canadian perspective is the logo has nothing to do with North America. Yeah, there's you have stars. And bars. A stripe <laughs> down the side. Yeah. There's no maple leaf, no nothing. Yeah. We don't count. No. Well, let's For let's get real. Let's league. like it, maybe on a, like you can maybe we'll have, I'll, I'll come on a gaffer and hooligan, but uh, we know I think it's pretty much that the MLS, MLS doesn't give a shit about Canada. This is an early. This is American League with Canadian teams in it. Yeah, it's not an American League helping Canadian soccer. So that's kind of the truth. Hey, let's leave it on that. What do you say, Steve Perry? You're on the west side. Yeah, I've got nothing going on. So don't call <laughs> me. Don't contact me. You can all fuck off. <laughs> Don't tweet at Steve Perry about his uh, upbeat mood after Toronto <laughs> FC wins. And you can catch me at Clark RNO. I'm on the east side. Uh, any emails, info, or have your say at Red Nation Online, reach out to me on Twitter. And next weekend, guys, 1 o'clock, Saturday game against the Portland Timbers. <laughs> we'll keep spirits high. Fucking hope you'll be there. I'll hangover, be there. Hangover and everything. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Eastside Stand-Up is the only Toronto specific podcast breaking down the game right after it happens. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at RedNationOnline or on email at info at rednationonline.ca and share your thoughts on how the Reds did on the pitch today. As well, check out our other podcasts on rednationonline.ca from the Black Hole and the Gaffer and Hooligan, giving you all the coverage you want on Canadian soccer. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.